This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, we are glad to have you on board for episode number 38. I'm Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. And we just came off a weekend of some monster pay-per-views. One of the big four Survivor Series just went down when Raw and SmackDown went head-to-head in direct competition. (laughs) I can't get it out of my head because Michael Cole's branding has finally worked on me. We also had TakeOver War Games in Houston. That was amazing as well. However, on this show, we're going to discuss the Fallout shows, Raw and SmackDown, which took place after the Survivor Series show and all of the fallout that happened from this weekend. Still in Houston as well on both shows. Still in H-Town. Uh, okay, well, first of all, we want to give a shout-out to our Busted Wide Open Facebook discussion group. Head on over there, come join us, drop some memes. You'll find this episode and many more over at orbitaljigsaw.com. Come give us a follow on Twitter at BWO Podcast. Hit us up on Patreon at patreon.com slash BWO. Throw a dollar in the tip jar. Sign up to do your very own shoot promo. We're going to add some really special content there going forward. Uh, also, you can find t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, all that good stuff over at orbitaljigsaw.com slash store. So come over and check us out there. Can we get flip-flops there? Like no, BWO flip-flops? we haven't added those to the store just yet, but oh, okay. we did add tote bags Ooh. for all of your back-to-school needs. For right? things to tote around. Tote, to, to tote your stuff around. Stickers, all kinds of good stuff are over there. You can also find us on iTunes. If you find us on there, please hit that subscribe button. Uh, let us know that you like the show, what you like about the show, what you want us to see change up. Get, leave us a five-star review if you like us. But in the meantime, we got to get going on this. We had two WWE shows this week. We had some major returns. We had some debuts. We had a big title change. We had uh, all kinds of setup for the next round of feuds and storylines. we, we got to get right into it. Let's talk about the big news. Well, for me this week, at least, the absolute biggest news was on both shows. We had three, well, I guess four women technically debut from NXT, two on each show. Actually, technically, five. We had five NXT women debut, and we had the return on Monday Night Raw of the long-absent Paige. Ah! Paige has made her return from Alberto Del Rio land, wherever she's been (laughs) for the last couple of years. Speaking of Houston. Uh, And, you know, so this was actually pretty exciting. But the only downside I saw was that they had, it was almost the exact same thing. It was also a mirror image. Uh, Raw gets a brunette, a blonde, and a goth chick. 
and SmackDown gets a brunette, a blonde, and a goth chick. <laughs> what, Raw was has, Raw was has Paige. Raw, Paige was the goth, and then you had uh, Mandy Rose was the blonde, and then you had Sonya Deville, who de- 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 debuted also from NXT as the, uh, the kind of angry brunette. And then on SmackDown, Ruby Riot, the goth chick. Right. You had uh, Liv Morgan, the blonde, and then you had Sarah Logan, the angry brunette. It was almost the same thing. Uh, I, don't know if thing. I, I don't know if I call Sarah Logan angry brunette. It's more like Laura, Pleasant Laura Croft. Pleasant Laura Croft? Yeah, you know, Have you seen her matches? Uh, well, yes, but you know, she I, has that big grin, grin on her face all the time. You know. she, does, she does seem very friendly. Yes. Unless she's kicking your butt, which she did a lot this week. But yeah, so we had, we had a bunch of new women get injected into both the women's divisions on both shows. I thought this was very welcome. Uh, obviously, Paige got a hero's return when she came back. Uh, I was kind of nervous to see how the audience would take to her. Definitely, everyone's very excited to see her back. I think she's actually coming back in at a very good time. Me too. Uh, for her to come back. I think she if she'd come back any earlier, you would have noticed that it was too early. Uh, I'm not sure I'm a big fan of, once again, having these three-woman stables. It's like they can't bring up women anymore unless they're in a, a three-woman stable. Remember the the horrible sorority sisters angle back in the day, or sorry, PCB as it came to be? Like It was horrible. Uh, but at least now, hopefully all these women uh, can kind of go their own ways in a little bit and establish themselves. Uh, this also might be their way of supporting the different characters, letting you know who they are, having them be a, a consistent faction so that they can each get their own time to shine before they go off on their own way, kind of a way to uh, test them out, weed out who's working and who doesn't. Yeah, I was going to say, even if they work out at all, you know, we've right. had the history of the Eva Marie's coming up and all of that kind of stuff, for example. Well, I'm not comparing any of these women to that. I'm just saying there needs to be a trial run. Careful. Right? <laughs> Good Lord. I look at this a little bit differently. So the thing that excites me about this is if you'll remember on previous episodes months back, I've been fantasizing about having a women's tag division and potentially having with all of the women's things that happened in 2017, maybe we're going to get a women's Royal Rumble match. All of this now seems possible, but what I'm scared of is that we already have the trouble of throwing them all on TV at once. It doesn't feel like there's any room on the TV shows. I could certainly make a case for pay-per-view stuff, but we already have this issue of throwing all the women on TV at one time just to get them time. How are we now going to deal with three new up-and-comers that are going to need time to build, not to mention Asuka, not to mention the other... uh, all these other things are going on. So I don't know how this is going to get handled. I'm really curious to see. I thought this kind of invasion angle was interesting, but it didn't really show me anything about any of these women or tell me anything about them. No, and it was the first it was the first sign that we're seeing of them. We you know, there was quick appearances and an out. I'm not going to lie. Just now when you said you were fantasizing about things in the women's division, I got nervous for a second about where no, you were going. No, no. But I do I do agree with where you're going. I think that this That's could a be building show. A show that I will be no part of, sir. <laughs> no part of. Uh, I am interested to see where they go with these women. I, th- I think that you could be building... You definitely have enough female talent circling around the WWE right now to eventually create a Women's Royal Rumble with, with bringing in past superstars, with bringing up NXT talent for the one night only. You could absolutely have a Women's Rumble. I don't know how that would go over with just the length of the match. Having two Rumbles in one night would be intense. It'd be a lot, um, but... At least a woman's tag division, I could also see as well. Uh, that being said, conversely, 
you know, we've been complaining lately about how we see the entire woman's SmackDown division on TV at one time where, you know, you don't get to see rotating faces. We knew who exactly was going to be in the Survivor Series match because there's only so many women. Yeah. And in a five on five match, when you've got Charlotte over over here doing this, you know, uh, having the championship match. There's only so many other people that could be in the Survivor Series match. So having more women, at least for SmackDown, is a good thing. Uh, Raw, we already saw some women kind of getting tossed to the wayside. Now Summer Rae and Emma getting released made a little bit more sense. They were making room for some more women on Raw uh, to possibly have a bigger impact. Uh, But that being said, you know, I think that having more women is always a good thing as far as these brands are concerned having more dynamics to play off of, having more angles to possibly get at, uh, especially if you have them, for at least for right now, teaming up so they can act as a faction and all get on TV at the same time, but not seem forced like the kind of women's lineup that you get on SmackDown where Daniel Bryan's talking to five women who all are kind of anxiously standing next to each other and it just feels awkward. I think that this could be a very good thing. And especially it's interesting the women that they called up, uh, some of whom I think might be too early. Uh, I'm looking at Mandy Rose and Sarah Logan in particular. I don't know that they're completely comfortable with TV yet. Um, and and I, I, we'll see how they shake out. I don't know. I, I think that uh, Sarah Logan is one that I think could break out. I think Sonya Deville absolutely could break out. Ruby Riot has long been a favorite of mine. I'm so happy that she's finally going to get the spotlight, although I'm shocked she's coming up as a heel because I think that she could be an incredible face, and yeah. she was an incredible face in NXT. So, uh, yeah, those are the ones I think might go a long way. Who do you have as, as being some of the standouts in this group? Obviously, Ruby Riot. Um, I think Liv Morgan could surprise us all. Uh, she's really good in the ring, and I'm, I've yet to see her do any real kind of promo work, uh, so I'm anxious to see that. But I, I think she could be a surprise you know, good thing for... Uh, she was on Raw? She's on SmackDown. SmackDown. That's right. It was yes. And which will be really interesting because she's basically a poor person's Car- Carmella anyway. Yeah. So how will that dynamic go down? You know, I mentioned Eva Marie earlier. I, I, that's, you, I swear I see kind of Mandy going. The, the difference is, is that Mandy actually has talent and can perform. So there's that dynamic for her. Again, yet another one. We've not seen cut promos or do any kind of things. I think they did the right thing by having Paige lead the two out on Raw and having Ruby Riot, who is very you know veteran status at this point uh, in WWE over on NXT, leading out leading the charge over on SmackDown. And I think you might see that kind of cement itself as a as a thing going forward. Well, speaking of Paige, I'm curious what's next for her too, because obviously she's coming back. She's returning with a lot of hoopla, a lot of, a lot of audience favor. Um, we had seen the trajectory where Oscar would be the next person to take on, uh, the Alexa bliss or whoever was the champion at the time. Um, do you think that we hold off on Oscar getting the championship until WrestleMania? And there, there's some stuff because obviously Paige and the girls attacked, so initially, they came out during a four-way match uh, between, uh, let's see, Mickey James, Bailey, Sasha Banks, and Alicia Fox. Alicia Fox for the number one contendership for Alicia uh, Bliss's title. They came out, murdered everybody, and then later on the show, they kicked the crap out of Alexa backstage. So Paige is establishing herself as going straight for the champ. Do we have a Paige feud where she goes after Alexa Bliss for a while and maybe takes the title off of her at the Royal Rumble? That's tricky because I a I think yes you need to slow play Oscar a little bit and let her we we said I believe two weeks ago we need to I just want to see her work her way up the in, 
demolish all the way up the ladder. Well, and the and, and really quickly, the reason that we want her to take her time is because once she gets the title, she ain't losing it till she loses. And Asuka has never lost. So when Asuka loses, it's it going to be, a big, to be a big freaking deal. And you can't give it to Asuka. Let's say she gets it tomorrow. You can't have her hold it to WrestleMania and then lose because that's only four-month reign. That's not... I don't think that's worthy of her pedigree at this point, the way that she's been built, the way that she's been set up. So, yeah, I don't I don't see... I, I think that it's one of those things where Asuka should get it at WrestleMania, hold it for a while, and then maybe Charlotte take it off of her or something like maybe. that. You yeah. know what I mean? Down the road, have a, have a uh, switch up. I don't, I don't even know how to book it at this point. All I know is... Don't put the title on Asuka until you know how she's going to lose it. You know, the, the one that stands out for me is actually Alexa Bliss. Uh, she seems so in, in a different league at this point of the other women that were in that four-way contenders match. And now you're introducing new talent that's hot and fresh and ready to just you know work. And, and I, that kind of threw me for a loop because... Now you've got apples and oranges, right? Well, and Paige definitely did seem like a bigger deal than Alexa Bliss in this in, on this evening, at least. We'll, we'll see how they how they sell her going forward. Are we but, done with Alexa Bliss at this point? I mean, because all we can talk about is Asuka and Paige and who's next. Are we done with Alexa Bliss's long reign after this point? Well, this is the thing. I don't think that it would hurt Alexa to lose the championship at this point. Yeah. I think she's definitely got enough cachet to maintain her, her level for a while after losing the title. Um, and I think it would be strong for this incoming new stable to win the title and Royal Rumble still two months away so you could have a nice long build had the title taken off of Alexa then she would have had a nice long reign with the title it could work out and then have you know Paige carry it perhaps to WrestleMania then her versus Asuka I don't know this is all speculation um, but the bottom line is is that both brands got a nice infusion of talent here I, I think this was a, a good timing uh, I was expecting other call-ups instead. So this was this was definitely a, a surprise, an entertaining surprise. And the only nitpick I have, again, is just the, the lineups being too similar on yeah. both brands and the way that they introduced themselves being too similar on both brands. It made SmackDown seem like a copycat again. A night after losing to Raw on Survivor Series, which was basically WWE's way of telling us, yes, SmackDown is the secondary brand, which... Also, I felt was a little bit demeaning. So, yeah, that was that was my only nitpick with this situation. Well, speaking of call-ups, I don't think we're done yet. I think in the next two weeks, we'll probably see a round of some guys come up. You know, you could bring some, some of them into it as well. So, who knows where this is going? I, I think we are already on that path headed towards what is going to be the next six months of chaos uh, as we get to April of next year. Well, speaking of the path that's headed in front of us all the way to WrestleMania, we had a major title change tonight as well. And this is all uh, uh, on Raw. This was a big news as well. Roman Reigns is your new intercontinental champion. This, again, it got shoved down my throat. Out of nowhere. I'm, I'm not happy about it. Um, really? It, it sounded like the WWE Universe. Let me Let me be clear. I'm happy for Roman that he completed the Grand Slam. Congratulations. He's had every title. <laughs> You've now had every title in your five years in the WWE. Uh, poor Holy Seth Rollins. Smokes. Poor, this, the one member of the Shield that is not a Grand Slam champion, Seth Rollins. Has Dean done it? Yeah, Dean's He's done it. He's got all of them? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. He has had all of them. All right. So had the U.S. title for like a year. That's true. Uh, it was the Intercontinental that threw me for a loop, but I remember that. Yeah, now. him and the Miz. Remember? Yep, him and the Miz. So, yeah, I, I want to say congrats to Roman. You hit the Grand Slam. Great. What I don't like about this is that it coming off the back of Survivor Series where you saw Miz lose to Baron Corbin already, 
this took a little bit of the shine and for them to come out and say, well, I need a belt too. You know, I, I need something to go after. Well, Miz has a belt as, as Rollins put it, I believe in when they were in the ring. First of all, there was, it was, we Miz, it was a Miz, Miz TV, TV segment. Yeah. He called out Roman Reigns, but he got all three members of the shield, which was, is his own fault in storyline because he did kind of make the shield reform. Right. Uh, over the last few weeks because Miz is, you know, not known for being a planner. So ending up with a challenge, Kurt Angle solidifies it. We get a main event on Monday Night Raw of Roman Reigns facing off against the Miz. It was a fine match. It was it was decent. There was not, wasn't anything crazy to call out about it, uh, but I I didn't see this coming. You know what? Honestly, real quick, uh, for someone who often says that Miz's strength isn't his ring work, he put on a damn good match. They did. He's had a bunch of damn good matches in the last year or two. He's been stepping up his game in the ring. I think he's finally figured out what it is that he's supposed to do in the ring. Um, and he doesn't have to be a high flyer or like a, a crazy, you know, wild doing nutty moves entertainer to make an entertaining match. And here's the thing. It's not just his ring work over the last few years. He stepped up every aspect of his game. And you remember, he kind of, he, at the end of the whole angle with Sandow, yeah. he was really at kind of, a, I think, a low point where he didn't really have a defined character. He, was, he wasn't really jumping out at you. Uh, and I think the whole Sandow thing really was bad for him in a lot of ways because Sandow got over, but Miz just kind of faded into the background afterwards. And he spent the last couple of years building himself back up and building himself in a, in a new direction in a lot of ways and in a very strong direction. He's defined who he is, who the Miz is as a character, where he sits in the WWE universe, and he found a niche where he is one of the best guys in the company at what it is that he does and his his game, his, his the things he brings to the table, the intangibles and the strengths that he has are strengths that almost no one else in the company can beat him at. He is one of their best heels. He's one of their guys that is so good at being a heel that even if you want to cheer for him, he will get you to boo him. And you can put him against anybody that you want particularly in this case against Roman Reigns, a guy who has yeah. trouble getting cheered and he will get that guy cheered for you and he'll do it even while still remaining popular with the audience. And that's an incredible trick to pull. Um, in addition, you know, there's something, there's something to be said for how much time he spent with the intercontinental belt. I don't think the writing has always really been on his side with this. I think there's sometimes that they've kind of let the intercontinental title slip a little bit. He's always been focused on making sure you remember he's the champion. He's the IC champion. And he's making it important. He's doing a very good job of trying to keep it as relevant as possible, even if the writers are fighting him. So to that, to that, just to wrap it all up, I just, I just want to say that it's fantastic what Miz has accomplished and what he's become. And I think that he's definitely put himself on a higher pedestal. He's taken the Intercontinental Championship with him. And he's made it something that Roman Reigns can take off of him and then keep moving forward with. And that's uh, that's mostly due to the work that Miz has put in with it. Here's the thing. It felt sudden to take the title off of him and put it on Reigns. Miz is going away for a while. He's going to go film a movie. He's got a, a wife who's who's pregnant right now. He's going to go spend time with them. We don't know how long he's away for. So this was a decision that was more about Miz doing something outside of the company or outside of being on the show week in, week out yeah. than it was spe specifically, we're putting this title on Reigns right now because Reigns. He's that, just the one that made the most sense to put it on. 
Well, he's, I guess you could say. Uh, I guess you could say that it's more just that it, it is a little bit of it's just rains, but it's also you know that this was the right time for Miz to to drop it. And I and actually one thing I'm excited about is where Miz has gotten to with the belt. You know, there was a part of me that speculated that they could bring him back, maybe not as a face, because like I just said, he's so good as a heel, but definitely a little bit more like like they let the audience be behind him. Because the next time he gets the Intercontinental Championship, he's going to be staring down the final two hurdles to having the longest combined reign of Intercontinental Championship reigns of anyone in history. Ever. Ever. He's got three more weeks, give or take, until he beats Don Morocco's combined reigns. He's number two. Number one is Pedro Morales. And Miz needs three more months of holding that title to be the number one all time. So that's an incredible accomplishment. And if and like I said, if you bring him back as a face, as you know, the scrappy guy who's fighting against all these odds to to get where he is, and he he's positioned himself that as that as a heel, even you know where he's got those that baby face fire every once in a while. You saw it in the Baron Corbin match. You saw it back with the the promo with Daniel Bryan on Talking Smack. He has that fire in him. You could do that with the, with the wife coming back. You know, coming back with this, with Maurice having a baby and him having like a, maybe a change of of outlook on life or something from that. You could bring him back as a face and have him go on this heroic winning uh, the the Intercontinental IC Championship and then overcoming these final two hurdles of, of the longest reign and, yeah. and have it be a really epic thing for him. You know, whether it went on reigns to me is neither here nor there. I wanted to comment on something you said just a second ago, and that was uh, there is nobody, I mean, as much as everybody talks about Roman Reigns being the next big thing, as much as everybody talks about Brock Lesnar and him holding the universal title and all of that stuff, to me, there's nobody in WWE in the recent years that has done for the WWE what Miz has done, especially in the last year or so. Uh, whether it's elevating the belt, whether it's opening as many Raws as he has with Miz TV and making that a thing, bringing Maurice back, I think, was a huge deal for him. Very strong For decision. his character, yes. right? Whoever came up with that, kudos, because that was a really good thing because she is his female equivalent. In, in, Absolutely. In She's every, fantastic. In every sense of the word. But at the same time, it's he has. They have allowed him. I want to use that word carefully. They've allowed him to maintain this reign for so long because he was doing such good work, and because it did have impact on not only the brand, the belt, his character, every single thing surrounding everything he's done for the last year felt very uh, strategic. And think about how many good bits he's had, good good moments he's had in the last, let's say, two years. How many uh, segments he's been a part of that were better because of him. Even if it was the, the Goonies, I mean, he had that Dean Ambrose feud that went on for freaking ever. Remember the stuff with the teddy bear and, yeah. the, and the grandfather clock? Yeah. That could have been atrocious in anyone else's hands. And he made it watchable and entertaining. Mostly him. It was mostly him and Maurice making that stuff good. His uh, again, we have to call back to that promo with Daniel Bryan. Uh, you can talk about his his feud with Ziggler, where Ziggler put his career on the line. That was a great feud. Uh, you know, you can even look at the the god awful segment with Levar Ball and oh. the balls. And who could have handled that on that roster? Who would have handled that whole scenario better than the Miz? You know what I mean? He barely pulled it off. He pulled off what he could. But no one could have done a better job than he could have. So it's he's one of those guys that at this point has made himself essential. He's found a niche and he's made himself essential in that niche. 
Well, to close this out, uh, it's interesting that Reigns gets the Intercontinental title now because we see him being pushed for the last better part of a year now straight to the top with the Universal Championship. What does he do with the Intercontinental title now, and how do we get him, in your eyes, to WrestleMania in the next six months with the Universal title? Well, this is the question. Is I mean, is this just a way of keeping him away from Brock Lesnar for right now? Like he, now he has something to do. He has something to fight Four, he's defending his IC championship for the next little bit. Again, they're trying to keep him so strong. Who does he lose to? How does he lose it? Or do we have another Ho- uh, Hogan Warrior scenario at WrestleMania? Does he hold oh, it to man. WrestleMania and you have Intercontinental Champion versus, uh, well, Universal Champion now? But, you know, do we have that scenario come around? I personally think take it off of him before WrestleMania. You don't need to have two damn belts wrapped up in no, this. That belt needs to be defended at WrestleMania. Period. Hard separately, stop. separate from yeah. that. Agreed. I, I think that's the case. Again, I would like to see Miz come back and take it off of him. I could see a lot of other ways to get it off him. You could get it off him and still protect him. Uh, you know, whoever gets it. Uh, there's, there's so many people, frankly, who could use that belt more than Roman could right now. Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, uh, you know, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose. They've had their time. Well, let's see. Seth. Which one is he missing for the Grand Slam? Is it U.S. or is it IC? I don't think he has the Intercontinental title or the U.S. title, if I'm remembering correct. I don't think he has either one of them. Well, at any rate, the the fact of the matter is there's lots of people on the Raw roster who could do a lot with the Intercontinental Championship. So I say Roman should keep it for a bit. Uh, if you want to have him lose it in a kerfuffle and, you know, have you know, again, probably a heel of some sort, maybe Samoa Joe. Um, there's lots of places it could go. I agree with you. Don't take it off of him well before WrestleMania. You know, he doesn't really need it that much. Who? Well, let's look at it from the inverse. Who do you see Miz taking it off of, not Roman losing it to? Who do you see Miz taking it off of at WrestleMania to get it back? Uh, if it is, I mean, that, I'm, that's complete just pie in the sky speculation as far as Miz getting it back. It might not be for another year or two. Miz has a ton of time left in his career. Lots of things could happen. Um, there is he's back by WrestleMania? There is one name that I haven't mentioned who could get the IC belt, uh, and it would be a way to get it off of Roman Reigns and have it be satisfying, and that's Braun Strowman. Mm. And there's a dude uh, who would not suffer from a, a title run. Yeah. So, like I said, tons of talent on Raw. You could throw that strap on. And it would be just fine. Well, here's a crazy curveball I'll throw at you. Reigns carries the Intercontinental Championship all the way to WrestleMania. Loses it to The Miz to get it back. And we end up with Brock Lesnar and John Cena. Oh, stop it. 17th it's not going to happen. It is going to happen. Stop trying to make it happen. I'm telling you, Nick, it's going to happen. stop trying to make This is going to be so painful for you when you're wildly <laughs> wrong come WrestleMania season. We're going to come back. I'm actually going to find all the clips of you saying that it's going to be John Cena Versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. We're going to come back and find all the clips, and then we're going to have you eat humble pie. Well, I actually said, I've always said it's been John Cena going to win over Roman Reigns for the 17th, not Brock Lesnar, but you're, you're Just obsessed, as wrong. You're Just obsessed as with wrong. Lesnar taking it all the way to Mania. It's so. not me. It's some 72-year-old man in Stamford, <laughs> Connecticut who's obsessed with it. Don't look at me. I'm not the bad. I'm not the bad news. I'm just the bearer. Well, guys, that was the big news for the week. Let's head over and talk about everything else that went down on Monday Night Raw. So one of the other things that happened on Monday Night Raw was the continuation of the Kane feud with Braun Strowman. But not but, yet. But this this took a little getting to. Yeah. Uh, because this all started off at the top of the show when 
Good old Stephanie McMahon comes out to remind us of the years and years of torment that we had at the hands of her promos at the top of the show for a half an hour from the authority. Oh, dear God, here we go again. Yes, but she was joined by Triple H, and there was some confrontations between Triple H, and then Kurt Angle comes out and gets in his face. And then... Says, screw this job, which was interesting. Stephanie lobs a softball up for Braun Strowman to hit out of the park as he comes out and confronts Triple H, and Triple H backs down. Damn right. Almost got choked. Almost his head popped off the night before. Uh, His eyes gouged out of his head. Uh, Anyway, so this sets up, and then Jason Jordan comes out to defend his dad. Don't you talk that way about my dad. So what we end up with is Stephanie McMahon booking a match between Jason Jordan, since he's so hot-headed and wants competition. I can take Braun Strowman. Against Braun Strowman. Oh, boy. Oh, Jason. <laughs> oh, this was cute because I, I, I smell a little bit of heel turnishness from Jason Jordan. Like, they're realizing that he's just getting booed by, from the crowd because everyone can smell a false push, and yep. everyone hated the Kurt Angle sun angle, so now he's just he's just getting booed. Even though they had some... They, they tried. They did try, and I thought they did a good job of it, but the audience just did not take to it at all. So now Jason Jordan... Remember that, remember that knee injury that he had last week, but he said he was totally cool for at yeah. Survivor Series? Like, yeah. oh, I'm not... I'm totally 100%. Well, now he's complaining about the knee again. Oh, no, my knee's not 100% again. You know? And then he's getting cocky to Matt Hardy and saying, oh, I can take Braun Strowman. No problem. Yeah, I can take Braun Strowman. I, I got him. No problem. <laughs> Yeah. Well, let's just put this in perspective uh, and just say it like it is. He couldn't handle him. No, of course it he was. He, he got, uh, as is everybody else before him, got murdered by Braun Strowman. But wait, somebody else decided to show up with a chair, with a chair, with a chair and disrupt the match, disqualify the match. Kane shows up, starts hitting Braun Strowman with a chair. Puts it up against his windpipe and slams it into the chairs. What is this? 1997 all hey, over again? Uh, you know what? If Kane can't have a voice, <laughs> then Braun Strowman can't have a... Remember that? Remember the voice box Voice box, Kane? Uh, that was yeah, good times. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, no. So this was, so Kane Braun continues. Uh, is, uh, I'm over this. Are you over this? Are you I, over I, Kane Braun? I was over it before it started. Move on, please. It just it, this Kane thing isn't working. No, it's, no one takes Kane serious anymore. You know, I, I try to. I keep trying to. It's it's not what Braun needs. Choking out Triple H is what Braun needs. That was a great moment. Having him go destroy somebody. It's. It, I just don't know. Maybe it's just that they're worried about someone else on the card getting destroyed by Braun and, and having him bring them down. Like there's no one on his level right now. Yeah. And it's just something that they can do to just kill time. It's the only thing I can think why they're still doing this. Well, the other thing out the side of this is, are we looking towards like a couple of years ago, we had uh, sting facing off against triple H at mania. Are we building towards a Kurt angle triple H match at WrestleMania this year? Yeah. Going back to that opening segment where, where angle and triple H were facing off. So this is also something that we said on our, our survivor series show Yeah, was that the ending to the survivor series match really only is satisfying if in six months, eight months, we can look back and see this long progression to a match between Triple H and Kurt Angle that began that night at Survivor Series. Like, that's where it started, and they had this great build from there, uh, and that was what set it off. And and this Monday Night Raw was a good step in that direction because they did confront each other. Uh, you got that, you know, kind of old Triple H, Kurt Angle feels back in the building. So, I again, 
I would I would like to see Kurt Angle versus Triple H because I don't want to see Triple H face anybody else at WrestleMania. I'm I'm sick of him taking on young guys and losing. Uh, I, I would love to see Angle get one more WrestleMania moment, but here's the problem. It's six freaking months away. Yeah. That's a long time. When we're if WrestleMania was in a month, I'd say it's right where it should be. Where we're at right now. But it's six freaking months away. Especially in this kind of modern era where but titles are changing every other week. We've got pay-per-views happening every other week. Yeah, I agree. It's six months is way too... 10, 12, 15 years ago, that would have been fine. But now... I mean, uh, there's a way they could do it. You're right, Kurt, off of TV for a while. Have Triple H or Stephanie screw him over. He gets written off of TV with an injury angle. Comes back a month before WrestleMania. And boom, there you go. You have your angle set up. Pardon the pun. But the thing is, is that at this point... You have to have some breathing room in there. Otherwise, it's just going to fall flat. Well, next up, we had Finn Balor facing off against Joe. And I have to say, was this a little bit of a follow-through from their standoff in the Survivor Series match? Well, this is, remember, their feud began before Survivor Series. Right. They had that brawl the week before Survivor Series. And Kurt was like, I like this fire. You guys should both be on the team, which is like the worst logic. It's just such standard WWE, no logic logic. Yeah. Um, but that feud continued. So now they, they got into it a little bit at Survivor Series, and here they are continuing that feud, which I'm totally fine with. It does feel like an upper mid-card fight, which is too bad because both these guys are ready to go in the main event at any time, which, you know, great. Keep them hot and up in the upper mid-cards. Keep them away from Bray Wyatt. Uh, and, <laughs> and these guys have these guys work really well together. They had some fantastic matches back in NXT. They know how to work together. This was a great match, uh, just as a, as almost like a, a tease to how like their how their feud could continue. Uh, you had Joe uh, choke out Finn in the Coquina Clutch. Finn did not tap. He was he did get he did pass out, so he protected himself a little bit. Yeah, or uh, they protected him a little bit. But it's I'm I am excited to see where this feud goes. Uh, I'm curious who they have going over here, though, uh, at the end, because both of these guys could use a good big victory to, to take it to the next level. It looks like Joe and I think Finn could move on to work with someone else. I'm excited about it, too, but I think it'll be short lived because I think that Joe is Remember about three before SummerSlam three, four months ago. I said I was really excited about the Samoan feud between Reigns and Joe. Earlier, you mentioned having Joe chase Reigns for the Intercontinental title. I think that could be a real thing going into Rumble in a couple of months. Yeah, and Paul Heyman uh, had set up a great angle for that back in the day by saying that Joe is not a real Samoan and and Reigns is. So you have definitely like that kind of you already have a bit of tension set up there between the two. So that could definitely be a good step in the right direction. And it just occurred to me, I know that I, I've heard rumors that Vince is kind of soured a little bit on Finn in terms of how he would work with Brock Lesnar. As we've said, it doesn't realistically work for Finn to fight Brock Lesnar because if he's just Finn Balor, uh, there's no way that dude is beating Brock Lesnar no. in a million years. Even like just the way that they look together isn't going to work because AJ is physically more built than Finn. He's a little bigger, but he's the same height. And he looked tiny next to Brock Lesnar. Yes. So Finn would look like a twig. And if you have the demon, well, the demon's never been beaten. And if you have the Brock Lesnar beat the demon, boy, that takes the wind out of the demon sails. So maybe it's a good idea to keep Finn away from Brock. But having Finn face off against Samoa Joe might be Vince's way of saying, okay, how does, how does Finn work with bigger guys? Let me see how he does. Because, you know, Vince isn't watching NXT. Right. <laughs> how does he do against bigger guys? 
can I believe him against Brock Lesnar? Would you believe me if I told you that a match with Asuka was not on Hulu? Really? Yep. The Asuka-Dana Brooke match was not on Hulu. Well, it was a squash match. Uh, okay, maybe that's why. Then. They did. Remember, cause remember back when the day when Braun Strowman was squashing James Ellsworth and, and the ilk yeah. and uh, Nia Jax was squashing people? Those usually weren't on Hulu either. Sure. You, know, that you, don't, you don't need that for the plot. It's just something fun to, to fill time. Uh, but uh, yeah, Asuka murdered Dana Brooke. That happened. Okay, and that nothing really more to say about that? That's pretty much it. Oscar <laughs> uh, murdered Dana, Dana Brooke. That was pretty much it. That being said, it is nice to see Oscar not just squashing you know local talent jobbers. Now she's moving on to the roster, and she's moving on to the roster killing people. This is, this is the track that she should have been on when she first showed up. She shouldn't have had competitive matches against Emma. She should have come in and started killing people off the bat. Well, she just killed people at Survivor Series, and now she's moved on to the roster. And I have a feeling some of the people that just came in with Paige are going to take uh, they're going to take a beating in the next Get couple of weeks. <laughs> I think Alicia Fox is probably going to be on the chopping block. I have a feeling Bailey will be on the same at, at some point as well. Uh, so I think this is now we're seeing Oscar getting back on the right track. Well, some other notables to mention that happened on Monday Night Raw. Dean Ambrose had a match against Sheamus and came out victorious. Yeah. Now, now, really, is this are we seeing more Shield versus Bar? Like this has been a really long feud. I don't think there's really any more juice in this. No, I, I think it's coming back because now you got gold on Roman, and I think you're going to put the tag titles back on Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, and now you're going to have the Shield with two sets of belts. Oh dear God! So. Uh, that sounds obnoxious to me, frankly. And it, that I think that's exactly why they're going to do it as a continued... Because it sounds obnoxious to me? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it, it sounds obnoxious in general, but it's yet another thing to put. continue to make the shield look unstoppable and continue to put Roman Reigns over. I, I think that would be bouncing the belts a little bit too much. We just put them on the bar. Like This should be something where this feud ends, the bar goes and feuds with somebody else, and you know the shield does its own thing. I... I uh, you probably are going to are right. It probably is going to happen that way, but uh, I I really hope not. Well, Enzo and the cruiserweight division are now kind of in limbo. We talked about this on our Survivor Series recap show. Uh, uh, just at the diminishing returns. Does anybody care about Enzo having the title and who he's feuding yeah, with? Yeah, we, we had another long promo that was just kind of you know grade school insults, and then we had a a, a big kind of multi man match that. Really didn't advance any plot lines, even plot lines from 205 Live. It just kind of was there to fill time and have a bunch of guys out. This is what they cannot afford to do with the Cruiserweight division. They've got to build other stars besides Enzo. The only person who's gotten any shine so far has been Drew Gulak, uh, which, you know, thank goodness. But we need to have other people in the Cruiserweight division get some shine. You can't have that when you have these multi-man matches. And Kalisto isn't compelling enough to stand out when you keep throwing him against Enzo and having Enzo beat him. So, yeah, Cruiserweight division not looking good right now. And even though it came off the pre-show, uh, apparently Matt Hardy is kind of having a feud with Elias. What's this about? There was sort of, I mean, Elias came out, sang a song. Matt Hardy came down and beat him down. That was it. I... I I guess there's something going on there. I mean, this feels like just new, uh, you know, Apollo Crews, Elias stuff. It's just, it's not another guy feuding <laughs> with Elias that just doesn't mean hey, anything. What happened to those guys? Uh, they're on main event now. Oh, oh shit. Are yeah. you serious? No, I'm serious. Apollo Crews picked up a win over Kurt Hawkins, who's he, now... He won something. Uh, he did, but then again, Kurt Hawkins is on 130-something losses in a row. 
So the streak continues for Kurt Hawkins. Well, Raw certainly faltered a bit. I, I have to admit, I expected a bigger show following Survivor Series, one of the big four pay-per-views. Yeah, barring a couple of big events, it wasn't that compelling of a show. It wasn't that exciting of a show overall. I felt it faltered a little bit. Uh, the question is, would SmackDown Live fare any better coming off these big shows? And to, to answer that question, we have to go talk about SmackDown Live. Well, the whole theme of SmackDown Live this week, following the shenanigans that took place during the, the five-way Survivor Series match, the through line of this show tonight was whether or not Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were going to get fired. <laughs> and they kept calling back to it probably three, four times throughout the show with different spots and promos and backstage happenings and well, shenanigans. It started, yeah, it started off with Shane McMahon coming out and basically trying to put a good spin on the fact that his terrible decisions led to SmackDown losing yeah. at Survivor Series. And he said, oh, but don't worry. We're, we proved that we're still the number one brand, which I don't know. How, what kind of delusions he has to have to think that, but you know he's being positioned as the face. So what the f- what the hell do I know? Uh, but yeah, so he calls out uh, Kevin Owens and Sammy and says, "Well, you guys interfering in the match pretty much cost us the whole thing, even though they had, were already losing pretty definitively by that point." Uh, and he beat them off pretty handily with a chair. But uh, yeah, he so he got ready to give his dad's line. When Daniel Bryan came out and saved Cam, uh, Sammy and Kevin by putting them in a lumberjack match, saying that the entire roster of SmackDown wanted to get their hands on Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, especially the New Day, who uh, had a particular beef with them because they left them high and dry when the Shield attacked the week before Survivor Series. So now here we have Kevin Owens and Sammy kind of on the chopping block. Daniel Bryan comes out and says, no, 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 you guys have to go get your ass kicked by the whole roster first. Uh, Shane says, well, okay, fine. I, I assume that you'll just fire them after that match. Okay, I'm going home. Now, this was interesting because I, I, I'm starting to wonder if this whole feud is good for Kevin Owens and Sammy. They're getting a lot of TV time. They're getting their, you know, their time they're with everybody. They're getting some good character moments. One, I don't know if it's good for Sami Zayn because his heel character is the obnoxious, like, go-away he, heel character. Like, he's kind of amusing, but... He's also really obnoxious, which is the point, but it's, I don't know if it's good for his character long-term and two, Kevin Owens just came off of a friend angle and this smacks so much of that Chris Jericho friend angle. It's like a, it's like a bad rehash of it. Yeah, it is. So I don't know where they're going with this friend angle, but it needs to go somewhere new and interesting real quick because otherwise it's going to get real stale real fast. Yeah. Kevin Owens came off of a very long universal title run. Earlier this year, he had a U.S. title back and forth with AJ Styles, and now he's ending up And he just had a hell in a cell with with Shane McMahon where he got to headbutt the old man himself. And now we're doing this. Now we're doing this. And this this feels complete. This is the one thing for me on SmackDown Live that is so far out of left field right now. I don't not enjoy it, but at the same, because I like seeing him work, but at the same time, it's they, these two guys need to be doing different shit. They need to be doing something. And this SmackDown, is Zango level kind of stuff. Well, this is and, and who they fought on the pre-show at Survivor Series. This is the kind of stuff that's like SmackDown used to be the place that you went and they would find something for everyone to do. Yep. You know, and Rusev has been finding things for himself to do, but they haven't been putting him in matches. He's been getting kicked out of the Survivor Series for, for John Cena to do nothing, come in and, and do nothing and then get eliminated. You know what I mean? Like you have so many people who are now kind of languishing on the SmackDown roster that they're not doing anything interesting with and I'm feeling like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are quickly going in that direction now granted 
You can say they were in the main event of this episode. Yes, they were. But at the same time, how much longer is this feud angle going to go? The only bright side I can see is there's some weird tension thing going on between Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon where they're, it seems like they're building that Daniel Bryan's got some tricks up his sleeve or some weird uh, subversive angle going on where he might be trying to you know, weasel some power out of Shane McMahon in some way, even though he's coming across as more of a face than Shane McMahon is at the time. Yeah. Or right now. But it's, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little worried. I'm not, I, I, the fear is starting to set in because I'm not seeing Sammy or Kevin likely to be in any title picture anytime soon. Uh, and unless this angle really picks up quick, this is going to quickly turn people off. Well, let's, let's really tie a bow on this. They end up, Going over the new day in this lumberjack match. Well, they well the, because a lumberjack match. Here's int- here's an interesting thing. So the way that the whole thing breaks down, it was an entertaining match. But at the at one point on the outside, Sami Zayn gets uh, uh, Baron Corbin goes to try and hit him, and uh, Baron Corbin misses him, hits Bobby Roode in the face. The whole thing breaks down. All the lumberjacks beat each other up, roll through the ring, chaos ensues, and in the chaos, Sami Zayn sneaks in and gets a roll up pin on Kofi Kingston for the win. Kevin Owens takes off. Sammy gets beaten down by the New Day alone. And at the end of the show, we close out with Kevin Owens begging Daniel Bryan not to fire them. Daniel Bryan says, I was never planning on firing you, contrary to the wishes of Shane McMahon. But next week, you have to face Randy Orton in one-on-one. For no reason. Well, you know, Randy Orton wasn't here tonight because uh, Randy Orton doesn't do lumberjack matches. It makes him just another person. Really? You know, I, Is that well, a real thing? No, why else would he not be there? Randy does. <laughs> Randy won't deign to do one of those lumberjack match things, even though Nakamura was out there, Bobby Roode was out there. You know, they're normal people. It's Randy freaking Orton. He's not a lumberjack. But yeah, so it's that's. That's just, you know, now it's time for Randy Orton to get his revenge right. on Kevin Owens. He's got to get his penance. So maybe Kevin's heading into a Randy Orton feud, and it's going to be Kevin and Sammy versus Randy Orton, which does not sound appealing to me. But what does sound appealing is it looks like we're heading into a Baron Corbin-Bobby Roode feud mm. for the U.S. title. And I think that a little U.S. gold around Bobby Roode's waist would do a lot towards making me feel more comfortable about where they're going with his character. Again, face Bobby Roode. Which is <laughs> so weird. <laughs> It's so weird that he's a face. I want to go back and talk about one other thing. What is it? Let's speculate a little bit on what's going on. Is is Shane going to pull a Stephanie and disappear for six months as the authority is stepping in and kind of reestablishing themselves? And Daniel Bryan, much like Kurt has throughout the summer, is Daniel Bryan going to run SmackDown on his own with that with Shane kind of going away for a while? Um, Honestly, these days, Shane is the McMahon that I can stand on TV the most. Obviously, yeah. I'll always, it's always nice to see Vince come out, but let's face it, his TV days are, for the most part, behind him. Uh, but Shane, of the two, by far and away, I would rather see him on TV, and I'm getting sick of him. I'm getting sick of him because of the reasons that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are putting out there, which is that he's inserting himself into freaking everything. And it's getting to the point now where he's starting to get the Stephanie disease of Shane always has to go over. And he's actually created a more interesting character for himself than Stephanie has, where he actually does seem like he's flawed and he's interesting and he's got some some positive aspects and some negative aspects. So he's interesting. But at the same time, I think it's better for your product if he's not the center of all the attention. Yeah. Uh, so at some point, I would like to see him step aside and someone else... Who's who's one of their wrestlers, one of the superstars, take that time on TV from him. 
Uh, so if there is something that they're planning on writing him off of TV for a while, I certainly would not be against it. Well, we finally got the Bludgeon Brothers to show up on TV, and you know what? I don't know about finally. I wasn't. I wasn't waiting for it. Well, I, that's fair. As as horrifying as those video packages, Vignettes, promo yeah. vignette things in the woods that they were doing were, uh, I actually kind of enjoyed those two guys coming out in new outfits. Uh, and seeing them work in the ring again after, I don't know, two years. I don't remember the last time I saw them together with the Wyatt family, but I I really enjoyed this. If there's three things that are constant in life, it's death, taxes, and Nick's li- Nick likes big dudes beating each other up. Yes. Yeah, so, of course, the Bludgeon Brothers are right up your alley. Yes. Uh, they did come out. Uh, I got to say, Harper was already getting in really good shape before he disappeared for a while. Rowan is now in spectacular shape as well. Both of these guys look like absolute beasts. Their their gimmick is goofy as the day is long, but once they get in the ring and start throwing down, I got to admit, I dug it too. Yep. I dug it too. There's a lot of places to go with this. Well, they pretty much bludgeoned the hype bros. Not pretty much. They destroyed uh-huh. them. Uh, so are we finally seeing the hype bros dissolve and break down? Are we finally going to get this Zack Ryder heel turn that we've I, all been calling for the, the year now? I don't know, man. It's been it's been so long. We've called it so many times. Oh, the, the hype bros going here. They're going to break up. Zack's going heel. We called it so many times now. I, I'm not going to speculate. I can. It's going to happen when it happens. That's it, it, pretty much. Well, knowing that we're going to get a new fashion files next week, which appears to be a jigsaw saw, version. Yeah, saw that, which is the most random thing. They couldn't we, even come up with a punny name of fashion files to go along with nope. saw. It's hey. it's so weird that they're. I, I I'm waiting to see what they're doing going to saw <laughs> it. This far after October, like it's just a weird thing to do. It would be funny if they all like got caught in traps and had to saw fake feet off and stuff like that. Anyway, uh, is, is there a few? Anyway, it's don't a give them reference. any ideas. It's a terrible idea. I'm sorry, I forgot that they listened. So, it's, is there a future here with the Bludgeon Brothers to do something? Because we know that the two B thing that's been going on on the boxes in Fashion Files. When are we going to see that manifest itself into something finally? Well, that's the question is that, you know, so right now the Ascension, they're obviously a part of Fashion Files as well. So now will the Ascension be the first victims in the kind of the world of the Fashion Files? Will they be the first victims? Will the Bludgeon Brothers eventually start feuding with Brizango? Will that be a actual competitive feud or are they just going to roll through Fashion Files on their way to wherever they're going? Personally, personally, I'd like to see uh, just a whole weird subplot storyline going on with that whole universe where it's just the Ascension and Bludgeon Brothers and Fashion Files, all those guys just having kind of just weird gimmick matches and appearances on their little show and everything like that just be a whole little world unto itself. That would be my ideal. That being said, uh, you know, now seeing the Bludgeon Brothers in action, aside from the Goonie gimmick, I could see them actually being... Uh, an exciting tag team in this division. Uh, that being said, you know, one thing that we've said for a long time is that AOP is ready to come up mm-hmm. at any freaking time. See, now that you had the Bludgeon Brothers on SmackDown, there's no way you can bring AOP to SmackDown because, frankly, those two dudes would make Harper and Rowan look like jokes. As monstrous as Harper and Rowan looked this week, as they still have that goony ass gimmick. 
to com- contend with. If you have AOP come out with their scary music and their scary visuals and they their better have Ellering TMNT helmets and shit and Ellering, yeah, if he'll go on the road with them, yeah, absolutely. If they have all that and then the Bludgeon Brothers come out with their World of Warcraft hammers and their stupid druid capes and the dumb sheep mask, come on. They're going to look like jokes. You know, I, I can only take the Bludgeon Brothers so far before I just go, it's a joke. You have to put them in the world of fashion files to kind of keep that one one eye winking aspect to their character. And then I can accept what you're doing with them. Doesn't that do more damage to the Harper and Rowan wrestler superstars than it? I mean, is it the gimmick? It's too really- late. It, they're already in this gimmick. They're gotcha. already up a tree. It's just a matter of how you get them <laughs> down somewhat safely. These two guys are already screwed being like hung with this gimmick. Now it's just a matter of how do you make it work? Mm. This is this is this is like red rooster levels of, oh, God, <laughs> how do you make this work? How do we get out of this? How do you how do you possibly get this over? Right. Well, lastly, in the uh, tag division, we had a singles match between Jay Uso of the Usos and Shelton Benjamin. Uh, you know, this was uh, as these guys were walking down the ramp. I got really excited about this. I've, I'm a I'm a really big fan of Shelton Benjamin, but I'm also a really big fan of the Usos. I thought this was going to be a lot of fun. There seems to be more psychology and more story around each of these characters and outside of the ring than kind of the action that we got inside the ring. It's here. funny because the action inside the ring was really good too. And you and you make a good point. Both these guys, I mean, now that the Usos have that kind of heel strut down to the ring and Shelton Benjamin is Shelton Benjamin, both those both these guys walked to the ring. I mean, they had a swagger getting to the ring, and it felt like a good like two two dudes beat like we're ready to beat the crap out of each other kind of match. Uh, Shelton got some good offense in like this was basically almost an, I don't want to say an exhibition, but it definitely felt like we we're just setting the table. We're setting the table for some more. Uh, and you had the, the, uh, American alpha 2.0 Benjamin and Gable pull a little more heel stuff with, with Gable getting up there for the distraction, uh, and Shelton getting the, the win in kind of a dirty fashion. So, you know, the, the turn continues. It's a long, slow double turn. But it seems to be working, and I think ultimately this will culminate probably a clash of champions between the two teams finally going at it, and the the the, the turns being completed, and Shelton and Gable might go full on heel, and they might even take the belts from them. I could see that happening too, realistically. I could see that as well, and I think we're getting what we're setting up here is for the next Usos and New Day. I think we're going to see these two teams really go on a really? long feud. Is I, it I, Usos and New Day again? Uh, well, not. This, no, no, not the New Day, literally. I'm saying the next caliber of uh, match. Like, we're going to see American Alpha 2.0 and the Usos have a, a long-running long feud, probably all the way to Mania, in don't my opinion. scare me like that. No, 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 not I'm to sorry. Mania. It's going to go a long time. Oh, we're going to see this run for a while because there's nobody else right now in the tag division and on SmackDown that's got a, can hold a candle to what the Usos are putting out there. But I think the next best thing is Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin. I agree, but I think that the New Day and Usos feud went so long. It, it was an unusually long feud, yep. but it was because they kept stealing the show at every pay-per-view. And that's one of the reasons why it was it went on so long, and it was it's such a rare thing to happen. I don't think that we're going to see that same length of feud again in the SmackDown tag division right away. I think this might be a couple pay-per-views long, and that's it. Well, finally, to close out the night, we had AJ and Jinder. As jaw a, jacking yeah just basically gender on the tron a very healy thing to do chicken shit scared to come down to the ring whatever 
I'm in India, hint, hint, wink, wink, with my folded up flag hanging behind me. (laughs) Oh, you know, I got to give credit to Jinder Mahal. And if you go back and you listen to episode number three of this podcast, and it's called Don't Hinder Gender. Good Lord. That was the episode that Jinder Mahal won the championship, and I believe it was the second week of June. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Stop, stop, stop. Yeah. Our podcast has been going on as long as Jinder's reign as champ. Yes. Well, we've got we- like we've got like a total of like four episodes when Jinder wasn't champ. Correct. Good God almighty. That's <laughs> terrifying. But we were both going WTF, who the hell is this Jinder Mahal guy? Why does he have the illustrious WWE championship? And now I look at him jawjacking with AJ Styles doing some really trademark Healy shit over the last couple of months. And I got to say, man, I've come full circle on Jinder Mahal. I, it, that he's the real deal. If you can, you can forget the forget the ring work for a second and the botchiness of it. He had a good match with AJ last time. Fine. Well, let's. That's AJ. So does everybody. (laughs) James Ellsworth could have a good match with AJ Styles. He did. He He beat him as you as you might recall. Uh, So, uh, but this this exchange between AJ and Gender and Gender's look that he's culminated to and his um, mic ability all of that stuff works really well i can see him being this huge star over in india and bringing on board all of the wwe fans that are over there this is going to go on i feel like we have not seen the last of gender mahal no i think here's the thing is i was i was saying from the get-go if you go back and listen to episode three i believe i was saying let's wait and see i can see this I can see the upside here. I can see there being upside. And there was a lot of downside to his reign as champ. Don't get me wrong. Let, let's, not, let's, let's not split hairs here. Right. There was a lot that sucked about his title reign. Uh, not only that he was champ, how he got to be champ, how he maintained the championship, who he went over to stay as champ, how hard they pushed him, the kind of unrealistic way that he went from being jobbery jobber to having one of the most devastating finishers in WWE. Uh, <laughs> a lot of stuff that's a joke. The fact that his whole reign was basically ripped off of Seth Rollins' reign with having the two goons to do his bidding for him. At the end of the day, there is no way that you can look at Jinder Mahal and see a vast improvement in his performances Yes, uh, across the board, in the promo, in the ring. He has improved a lot. He's gotten more of an ease. Even walking in, he doesn't seem to have the jitters as much. You can see him growing into himself in a lot of ways. Uh, so there's definitely like have a bit of a soft spot for Jinder Mahal as much as aspects of his push have annoyed me. There's definitely like, oh, little boys kind of getting it there. Yeah, Jinder, you go for it. And he's grown up with us here on the show as well, so to speak, right? <laughs> so, so to speak, yeah. But that being said, he, he shouldn't get the title back from AJ. Uh well, who, okay. Well, that's a whole different. That's a whole discussion. different. At, real, the end of the, at the end of this, uh, gender's distracting him up on the Tron, and Samir and Samil's. That's right, Sunil. Yeah, Sunil. Sunil and Samir come in and attack AJ from the back. So now try to try to they tried to he they got murdered, uh, and now it sets up a handicap match with AJ Styles versus the Singh brothers next week on SmackDown. Yeah, I don't know why we're having a handicap match. I mean, AJ beat them off pretty handily here. Pause. Uh, but uh, that being said, you know it was—it's definitely a way of getting them to Clash of Champions. You know, you, you gender set up the match, the rematch for the title at Clash of Champions. So we're gonna have a couple of weeks of spinning our wheels. All I can hope is that it's better wheel spinning than the Nakamura feud, and we don't have that level of uh, just atrocious 
script writing uh, in the meantime. Do they put the title back on gender? No. 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 Calling it now? No. Uh, sh- should they? Will they? Uh, are two different things, <laughs> as always, with the WWE. Uh, I think, should they? No. I think AJ should hold this title to WrestleMania. I hope that that means that the Nakamura will win the Rumble, which he desperately needs to stay relevant, to stay over. Really? You heard You're me. You're calling Nak to win Royal Rumble? You just heard me say it. Oh, boy. And that's how we get to Nakamura, AJ, talk about that, boy. at WrestleMania. I don't see that happening at all. Well, but yes, but you're also the guy that thinks Cena's going to take the title off of Reigns at WrestleMania. So we'll see who's right in six months, buddy. Oh, wow. Listen to how aggressive he's getting, you guys. Jesus aggressive, Christ. Aggressive, I'm just right. Uh, wow, okay. Well, on that note, well, that's, that's going to wrap it up for this week, guys. Uh, next week, we're going to have a lot more to talk about from the WWE. Also, we're going to have a brand new edition of the Wide World of Wrestling. Yeah, we'll be covering the New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling World Tag League, which is going on right now, and it's a ton of fun. Uh, we had to cover some NXT. That, oh, that had some great matches that were recorded at War Games. Uh, plus, we're going to ha- see what the follow it is from War Games next week on NXT. We're going to recover. We're going to cover all of that on our show. Uh, we've got Starcade. Yes, just happened. Yes, you're ex- particularly excited about that. So we got to talk about what went down at Starcade. Some big stuff, including an Arn Anderson spinebuster went down. So we're going to talk about that. Plus, we have to- some big NWA news. Uh, progress happened. Uh, big, you heard me. It gave me a look. Been at big NWA news. Uh, oh, I Tim, can't wait to talk about this. The champion, Tim Storm, has been making the rounds. Uh-oh. So uh, we got House of Hardcore went down and uh, lots of stuff to talk about. Wide World of Wrestling is going to be packed this week. I'm heading to, I don't know if you're going to come with me, but Rise uh, next weekend, which is the women's event where Tony Storm is going to face off against Mercedes Martinez. I think the only reason you're headed to Rise is to get a Rise. That's really my opinion on on that. Come on. I know how you feel about Tony Uh, Storm. I I do have a thing for Tony Storm. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to follow us, please head over to Facebook and go to our Facebook discussion group, the Busted Wide Open discussion group on Facebook. Talk to us about what you're thinking about our show. Post some memes. Discuss the, what's going on in the, the world of wrestling, whether it be WWE or anything else. We'd like to talk to all of you about that. You can also find us over on Twitter at BWO Podcast. Hit us up on Patreon at patreon.com slash BWO. You can uh, drop a couple of bucks in the tip jar or sign up to do your very own shoot promo right here on the show with me and in. If you'd like to pick up a t-shirt, a hoodie, a phone case, maybe some stickers, Tote bags we even have now Tote for bags. all of you back-to-school kids. Uh, you can head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash store. Find it and all of the other shows on the Orbital Jigsaw Network. I all totes their swag. want one. You totes want I a tote. I totes want a tote. <laughs> but I'm Nick Howell. You can find me over on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God, but somebody stop the damn match. This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.